podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, soon to be 12 again the way it should be. Find out what that's going to happen sometime in the near future, I hope. Joining me today, as she always does, our good friend, JSJ herself, Jamie Steyer Johnson. Philip, it's a big week, buddy. We're going to get to it later, but man, it's a big one. Ooh. Uh, I mean, if Jamie's excited. If Jamie's excited, y'all y'all best be excited. Y'all best be excited. Uh, Andy is out this week. Like, apparently something about an anniversary and his wife. I don't know. It sounds like a bunch of cockamamie nonsense <laughs> to me, but whatever. We'll let him use that one at least once a year. Uh, so to, to help us out today, uh, welcoming back to the podcast for the first time in a little bit, our good friend Riley Gates sitting over there at the news desk at 247 Sports. Riley, welcome back, man. Hey, it's good to be here. It has been a little bit, but... Uh... Enjoy, always enjoy our ch- our our chats. So this should be fun. Uh, I'll give you an opportunity to talk a little K State, since I know that's the team nearest and dearest to your heart, if you want. But um, I, I wanted to start off today's show. We're going to get to hoops, and yes, that's JSJ teasing what she's excited about because, of course, we're going to talk hoops because that's what we are in the thick of right now. But I did want to have a conversation about um, one of the topics that seems is the biggest thing when it comes to college football. Uh, no, it's not NIL, though that does have an impact on this. We're going to talk about the transfer pool uh, because. Uh, as an OSU fan, I've been so follows the Big 12. I see all of the conversations that fans are having about the transfer portal and the way it's working. And, and, and basketball and I think football are a little bit unique in how some of this works. I think there's a lot of similarities and crossovers. So we can kind of kind of use that as a, a general topic across the board with it. But especially from a football standpoint, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about the transfer portal. And I, and I don't think... I don't think everyone understands all the situations that are going on and why the thought processes we had around the transfer portal or players transferring in general, even two, three, four years ago, really still apply right now. Uh, before I start diving into that, Riley, I'm just curious, you know, you you cover, you sit at the news desk, you cover the sport as a whole nationwide. I mean, from your perspective and what you're hearing from other guys there at 247, I mean, what are the thoughts on the transfer portal at this point now? I mean, I think a lot of it is um, everyone's used to it. Uh, it's it's what started as, oh, wow, this is kind of crazy to think about. This is something new that we have to wrap our brains around. Now it's just like, hey, this is just what it is. And so nobody's really like has strong takes one way or another, you know, that many people entering the portal or, or the numbers in it. I mean, we have the same conversations every year. I feel like, you know, whether it's a, it's a work thing or if it's, you know, a podcast like this, it's, Hey, is there enough places for these kids to land? And we say, no, there's not, you know, we just, it feels like we do the same, the same little conversation every single year, but the numbers continue to go up. I mean, it's just kind of where we're at. Um, And I'm sure a thousand people said it before, but it's just kind of where we're at with this thing um, in terms of hey, kids are going to, if they don't, like the way that their situation's going in year one or year two, they're going to hit the market and they're going to look for greener pastures. And more often than not, it feels like it doesn't work out. You know, I know that there's a lot of people that, that land on their feet and they find great situations, but it feels like more often than not, kids kind of take a step back. Um, maybe in terms of prestige of program that they're at or, or, you know, the opportunity they have. And, um, but Hey, that's just, that's something that they're going to have to adjust to as we're adjusting to it as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's a lot of ways, a lot of conversations people have about this thing. And really the conversation I want to dive into is, you know, looking at things right now. Across the Big 12, you know, you get fan bases that are like, we haven't had anybody transfer. Texas Tech hadn't had anybody transfer for weeks. I think they're up to two now. Two guys have been to the portal. Baylor's got one. And so fan bases are pounding their chest saying, look how great our program is, our culture is, how great this or that is because we've got all these guys sticking around. And I think that's fine. I think that's okay. Um I don't necessarily think that's wrong. Um, you've got guys who want to stick around and continue to play at that school. Um, it may be a situation where you, you know, if I can flip the coin here, you don't have a lot of other teams coming trying to poach guys away from you as well, because let's be honest, that's the NIL stuff has an impact there. But the real thing I want to talk about is the, is the fans who are upset. And look, I'm never going to 
uh, berate a fan for being emotionally invested in his team and the players that are on it and getting mad because somebody enters the portal. Trust me, I don't love when I see a guy that I'm like, I am so excited to root for him on my team, decide he wants to go somewhere else that he thinks is a better situation. I, I understand the tinge of emotional, uh, just like grief and angst and, uh, and, and anger you feel. Now, look, I don't get, look, never tweet it players for, for that stuff like just calm yourselves down but I, I just I think to some extent like this year is unique and that's where I want to go Iowa State's got 16 in the portal West Virginia's got eight they've had a ton of guys in there lately we all know OU's got a bunch Kansas has 13 nothing shocking there Kansas State's got nine Oklahoma we said nine TCU's got nine Texas has 11 and I want to talk about this from the situation of it used to be as simple as either a bunch of guys are leaving, so that's a poor reflection on your on your program. Something's wrong. What's going on there? There's a problem. Um, and I don't think that's the conversation we can have anymore. I think it is far more complex than that. And we can use a couple of schools in particular as, as test cases here. Iowa State. 16 kids have entered the transfer portal. This is the five-star culture, baby. This is what we're, you know, that's all what that, that's what they sell there. Five-star culture. They built this thing up. How can they have 16 guys there to the transfer portal? Something must be wrong. And that was the immediate reaction. But as we talked to our friend Silites um, back during National Signing Day, he talked about, it's not all about guys leaving. Sometimes it's about the school saying, it's okay. It's okay to go. Maybe you kept some guys on the roster that, um, talented but maybe didn't fit the culture to the degree you would like them to and when this year didn't go the way it was and you're not set to obviously uh shoot for a big 12 title again next year you say okay let's 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 hone in on our culture and let some of these guys go ahead and walk and go elsewhere i think that's what's happening at iowa state oklahoma state you've got seven guys that have entered the portal you've seen three offensive linemen i can tell you this at oklahoma state it's not an issue of why are all these guys leaving what's going on at oklahoma state the problem is they have they don't have enough open scholarships for all the guys who are coming in this next class. They don't have enough open at the moment for the early enrollees for the spring semester. Because, and Riley, I want you to kind of talk about this because we talked about this beforehand, the super senior stuff is a big deal. All, Whatever I understood, the super seniors that stuck around did not count against your 85-player scholarship cap for the 2021 season. But Riley, I, correct me here, that is not the case moving forward. No, no, no. It's going to end up counting against them. Um, it's just like they're, you know, a, a normal player in a normal season, which is, which is good. I think, I mean, I, I was all in favor of, of not penalizing kids, you know, getting, losing a year in a pandemic and all this kind of stuff like that. Like that didn't, that just didn't seem right. But also I don't think this needs to be a carryover thing and it makes it difficult on kids. It makes it difficult on coaches. It makes it difficult on athletic departments trying to figure out you know, scholarship distributions and all this kind of stuff, money going in and out. I mean, it it's becoming a mess just because of one year, um, you know, to, of of being off off the schedule, so to speak. You know, hey, this is the normal way we do it. This is kind of how it flows in. This is how it flows out. And even the one year of, of you know, however many people stayed with you uh, or stayed with your school, whether it was you know, 15 or whether it was eight kids, it really did throw a wrench into things. And so um, I think it's good that we're getting back to normal because, you know, like a lot of people are kind of saying with, with pandemic, just off out of sports, Hey, we need to get back to normal life. Well, it's kind of like sports. We got to get back to normal at some point. Otherwise it's just going to be like all over the place. It's going to be, Oh, you know, this kid's a senior or this kid's a, a sophomore by, by year, but he's been here for four years. And um, how, you know, how do we recruit under him, but also not make him mad and, I, I just think it got really difficult. I, I know that, you know, covering recruiting made it very difficult too. Cause like, Oh, is a kid getting a full scholarship? Is he getting a blue shirt? Is he getting a gray shirt? All that kind of stuff. And so um, I think it's good. They're going back to that. Um, it does make it a little bit easier down the road. Um, and I think it was a good, I think it was good for the one gap year in between. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, we can, we can go back to the point we're making and talking about Texas. They got 11 guys in the portal, but we all read the tea leaves and listened to the conversations and knew, there was a lot of guys that are going to get pushed into the portal from Texas because of the culture issue that were there from the transition from Tom Herman to Steve Sarkeesian. So there were some guys that, that just weren't fitting in the new regime that were moving out of the way. So I think the biggest thing for Transfer Portal is I get it. We don't love seeing somebody say, I want to go somewhere else. I think that's a better opportunity. 
And every case individually is different. But just like that, I think every school's situation is, is different. And we can't just come in with the blanket fear or ha ha, look at you, like something's wrong with your program or nobody wants to be there. Um, Riley, I, I'm curious, you know, you, you guys cover this. I mean, what do you honestly think are the biggest reasons for a lot of guys who are entering the transfer portal right now? I think, I think a, they see guys like, you know, uh, Bo Nix, for example, leaves an SEC program, ends up at another Power 5 in Oregon. I think they see a lot of these kinds of guys, and they think, oh, I'm a Power 5 player. In fo-, you know, whether it's football or basketball, I'm a Power 5 player. I can get to another Power 5 school. And then they hit the transfer portal and realize, oh, um, and I'm not taking a dig at these schools. These are just random schools that came to mind. A, a Prairie View A&M or a Sam Houston State is all that that is offering you. And you know, maybe that's what's good for a certain kid. Maybe he would thrive at a smaller school. But I think a lot of them hit the portal thinking, I'm going to leave Oklahoma State and I'm going to get Penn State. I'm going to get Indiana. And that's just not the case. Um, what, you know, like it or not, that's not everybody is, is cut out to play at that level. And if you were cut out to play at that level, you'd probably be playing at Oklahoma State right now. I think that's a, a big part of it. And I, I think that, I mean, this is a lot of people have kind of gotten mad over this take. It's kind of like an older person take, but I really think kids just are very impatient now. I think, I think kids on the recruit to get on the recruiting trail, they think, Oh, I'm going to walk in from day one. I'm going to play. I'm going to be an immediate impact guy. And when they, you know, they get 10 snaps in a game or they get, you know, maybe they don't play for the first six games of the season. I think they, they take it very personally. They think the coach is out against them. They think it's a bad fit of a program. And, and ultimately, ultimately it leads them to, to leave right away. You know, I know you don't want to name names, but I know there's a K-State wide receiver who left after the, uh, the 2020 season. And I think he would have been, honestly, I think he probably would have been wide receiver two, maybe pushed for wide receiver one this year um, with the way that production worked at K-State. And, and he ended up at a non-power five. And I think he got like one, maybe two touchdowns on the season. And so I just think it's, I think it's a lot of people being kids ears. It's not all the kids, you know, they, they come home for Christmas break and their dads or their uncles or somebody, they can be playing at another level. They should be getting more passes and then they leave. Yeah. Look, I'm, I don't think it's just kids. It's not an old man comment. I think we say kids because it's the conversation we're having is about 18, 19, 20 year olds. I mean, dude, I work in marketing. Like, attention spans are short like we talk all the time people are like well we need to make this giant thing to get like no you need a 15 second video like no <laughs> one's gonna watch your two minute long like heart-wrenching story because it would be like it better better you just better be great but still no one's gonna watch it like we all have short attention spans we're all we blame social media or whatever we want to for that but i mean that's just kind of how things are and, and every generation's gotten shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter so that's not like I mean, the 18-year-olds now look back at the 18-year-olds when they're 30 and be like, oh, these kids these days, they don't <laughs> have any patience or waiting in my day, in my, in your day, whatever. Like, and, and, and so I don't, like, I don't, the transfer portal was a good thing. These kids deserve the opportunity. But I think it's also okay to say they deserve the opportunity to make mistakes. And that's okay to admit that, like, some of these kids are making a mistake. Like, and, and that doesn't mean that we're being mean by saying that. And I'm not doing that, like, you're going to regret leaving said school. Like, no. You know what? You're going to leave this Power 5 scholarship you had at this great institution. And you know what? You might have to go to an FCS school. And that's going to be it's gonna be a hard thing to admit. And it's going to be feel kind of embarrassing to find out that that's who you really are as an FCS football player. But you know what? There's plenty of guys in the NFL from the FCS. So, like, it's just, I get it. I just, I think from the fan perspective, like, read the tea leaves. Put a little nuance and thought into this. Because every kid in every school and every situation is going to be a little different. And, and I just, we can't keep having the same old arguments about this stuff. And I get it. Fans, do what you want. Fans short for fanatic. Y'all love your school. I would tell you, never tell you not to. Um... I just I want everybody to be able to have at least <laughs> a little bit more of uh, of an intelligent conversation. We talk about this again. There's always going to be old man yells at cloud and uh, not who's a real person's Facebook or profile picture on social media. Who's got lots of really strong we we get your uh, where you're coming from opinions that are wrong, but whatever. I just. I'm OK with the transfer portal. It is a giant mess. It's never going to not be a giant mess. I hope these kids make at least smart decision doesn't always mean the best outcome. It just means a decision you've actually taken the time to think about. But from a fan perspective, like 
folks, it's okay. Figure out what's really going on at your school. Take some time. Listen to smart people. Uh, and I think you'd be okay. Well, and I think I think there's also just real quick. I think there's a lot of factors that don't hit the surface. You know, you never know what kids are causing a rift in the locker room, or you know, hey, they they just don't. The coach is just not thinking this. Per, you know, it's better to lose one defensive tackle who played 17 snaps last year than it is to lose three guys who didn't like that player, you know? So maybe it's good to encourage them to hit the portal there. That happens at every school. I, I know multiple situations where that's happened and, and then the fans freak out, you know, it's kind of crazy. Cause like we, as, as the transfer world become more available to, to journalists and, and reporters, you're going to write a story every time a kid hits the portal. Like news, it's big. That's what you do. And so it becomes a lot more public than it was 10 years ago when a kid transferred because not many people knew about it until they got the roster next fall and went, Oh, he's not on the roster anymore. So it's just a lot more public anymore. And, and that makes people, you know, sky is falling. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um, I think the other thing we got to keep in mind, but Elliot talked about this an awful lot um, last year about how many kids in this 2021 class and the 2022 class, like a lot of 2021 kids signed, in 2020 without ever getting to step foot on campus because of COVID, there were no official visits. There was no, so unless they could pay their way to go, but even paying your way to go, you're just walking around campus like any old Joe off the street. It's not the same thing as actually getting to find out what the culture is really like, the coaches, the other players. And so you're going to see a lot of kids who, again, COVID wrecking things are, are gotten to a school and it's not what they thought it was. I, you can take all the VR tours of the facilities you want. You can FaceTime and, zoom message and text with guys all you want but until you actually get to spend some time with them some real time you just never know um so i mean like i i took a job that i never stepped foot in the office i had to do the interview over zoom and yada yada, yada and it, it did not work out well it, it was the learning process for me so again there's so many factors that go into what these kids decision like don't just be like he's just uh, he's just impatient he just he just needs to what also can i just point out one thing I would love a fan without looking to name five of the guys who've entered the transfer portal the last three years from your school who you really miss, really miss. Because my guess is you don't remember that backup offensive tackle that played like 20 snaps in one season. You were pissed, just didn't want to wait around at all. But you can't remember what his name is because he didn't really matter. You were just mad someone's leaving. Like, I get it. Get all up in your feels, but be a grown up and try not to be a jerk to him. What? Whether or not it's the right decision, whether or not it's a smart decision on the surface of things and a good reason, guess what? They get to do whatever they, they want to do. And that they those players will live with the consequence or the benefit of entering the transfer portal, and that's just the way it is. All right, Riley, I gotta get I gotta ask you why you're here. We're gonna talk a little Kansas State just real quick. Um Chris Kleiman, three years in. Uh two solid years that are, that that sandwich a COVID year with, with a lot of injuries. Um Skylar Thompson is gone. I mean, to be honest, during Kleiman's three years, the only times they've had real sustained success is with Kleiman as the quarterback. You're bringing it with, the, sorry, not Kleiman as the quarterback, <laughs> but Skylar Thompson is the quarterback. Yeah, Kleiman is the head coach, and I cannot wait to see the year the head coach is also the starting quarterback. Um, it's injury enough. He might have to take some snaps. <laughs> I got a little bit of eligibility, about four games. Uh, Skylar Thompson's gone. This is a team bringing in Adrian Martinez. I'm very excited about that. I'm curious your opinion on, you know, we, we a lot of jokes been made at his expense at Nebraska. Not sure how much blame really lays on Adrian Martinez's shoulders there with, with all the things going on in Lincoln, Nebraska. But I, I am curious about your thoughts on the fit of, of Martinez coming in to, uh, to Manhattan. Well, hand up. I, I definitely have had fired off a couple of those tweets at times while watching a Nebraska-Iowa game or something like that so uh gotta gotta own up on a few of those but uh you know i think it's i think it's 50 50 i think it's i think you can look at it one of two ways and um i think if adrian martinez was transferring to kansas or baylor or iowa state we would not be hearing the same optimism from k-state fans that we are now i think it's one of the situations where k-state realized oh we're gonna get him we need to wrap our minds around K-State quarterback Adrian Martinez, let's get excited about this. I think that's kind of why there's so much optimism from from the fan base about it. But like you said, he, we do know what he's capable of. He's very talented. Obviously, coming out of high school was was highly touted. Um, and, and like you pointed out, that it's not all his fault that 
that Nebraska is what it is. I mean, it's coaching, it's recruiting, it's a myriad of things. So I think that he didn't exactly have a lot of help, but, I mean, let's be real. He turns the ball over a lot. He's, he's very careless, both fumbles and interceptions. Um, and he's going to have a little, little bit of a rebuilt offensive line. K-State's receiving uh, core is not very good right now. I mean, they just have not recruited receivers very well at all, and it's very thin. So, I mean, I think he's going to have to make a lot of plays with his feet. I think they're going to have to design the offense around, obviously, around Deuce Vaughn once again. Um, you know, not try to win the game by throwing. If they can run the ball 42 times a game and throw it 13, that they'd be probably more than happy with that. Um, so I think I'm probably, to put a, a description on it, I'd probably say I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it's good to get an experienced play. Look, I'm, I'm all about the Will Howard uh, fan train because I think he's really good and really talented. I think he just hasn't really had the practice reps, the game reps to really get the chance to really grow. But facts are facts. He, he's had, you know, probably nine games as a starter and he's not been good in hardly any of them. Um, and it's very tough to feel good about him or Jake who was a true freshman this year and didn't take a single snap in the season. So you got to get some experience. It's good to have that experience against a guy or with a guy who's played against the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, that type of stuff. Um, but but I'm a little nervous that he might turn the ball over a lot. I'm nervous about K State, you know, winning seven eight games if he if he's struggling in that sense. But if if he can find even a small sense of success, they're going to be just fine because Deuce Vaughn's going to carry that offense. Um, I'm very excited about the defense still. So um, yeah, I mean I think I think that they can win anywhere from six to eight games next year, kind of depending on how Adrian Martinez is going. But they could easily win four if he's if he has those same uh, turnover issues that he had in Nebraska. It's it's really tough to tell, and it's a big year for K State because no matter what Adrian Martinez does on the field this year, this is it. Like he doesn't get another one, so you're either gonna have to develop the backups or you're gonna have to hit the portal again. And I don't think a program can find sustained 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 success. Excuse me, hitting the portal for a QB every year. Nothing would make my uh, heart happier than watching Adrian Martinez suck at Nebraska than show up at Kansas State. <laughs> and uh, lead them to like nine wins <laughs> first team big 12 quarterback and just like i don't know what happened but i lincoln lincoln nebraska uh meanwhile oh, oh man casey thompson i hope i hope that works out for you Oof. riley as always man it's an absolute pleasure to have you on thank you very much where can everybody follow you and check out the work you do yeah sure uh just follow me on twitter riley underscore gates um or head over to 24 7 we've got tons of articles flying in and out so you might catch one of mine on there you might not it might be cycled by the time you head over there, but uh, we're doing lots of work every single day. And even though football's over, uh, we, you know, we'll still be having basketball and, you know, spring football's going to be here before we know it. <laughs> Thanks again, Riley. Yeah. Thank you. I should probably do an ad read here just to break things up. Who's yeah. Why not? Basketball? Is that, yeah. I mean, it feels, feels like a good spot. It feels very organic for me to say that. I mean, look, we're pretty blatant here. I don't care. Sometimes I have good segues. Robert doesn't uh, uh, live tweet us anymore. So I guess he doesn't really care. Uh, that's gonna who, get one. You know what? That's gonna get one. Yeah, I know. I love it. Sometimes you just gotta set them up and make them. <laughs> you know, just set it right, right there on the t ball. There's tea something to be said for the low hanging fruit. Hey, it tastes just as good as the stuff on the upper branches. Okay, okay. Uh, speaking of which, Home Field Apparel, who is the longest running sponsor here on the podcast, and one of our absolute favorites. We love. That they uh, help continue to support the 1012 podcast and the 1012 network as a whole. I am psyched for Big News Saturday Season 3, an eight week Big News Saturday. Basketball themed, kicking off with another Big 12 school in Cincinnati. After that single release they put out for the playoff, now we're getting a whole, a whole lineup. And I cannot wait to see what fantastic, super comfortable vintage college sports apparel we get. For Cincinnati from Homefield Apparel, they will join the other Big 12 schools that are currently available, including Baylor, Texas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Houston, BYU, and UCF. And I probably missed another one, but I, I lost track as I was trying to count and do it in my head. I'm sorry if I didn't. Guys, just go. Just go to Homefield Apparel. I know the holidays are over. Maybe you got a gift card you got to go spend. Maybe you're a big fan of the state of Montana because they just put out Montana and Montana State. And I'm going to be honest, this Montana stuff's freaking awesome like I, I don't i've never been to montana these these grizzly things are cool like who doesn't want a, a montana grizzly like sweatshirt hoodie 
t-shirt. I, I mean, I'm not going to buy one, but they're awesome because at a certain point, my wife's like, do you really need any more t-shirts for sports teams you don't watch? And I'm like, I, yes. <laughs> is the, I mean, need is such a strong word to use. Uh, deeply desire uh, would be more appropriate. Uh, I can't use the promo code because I've already bought from there. But if you have not bought from Home Full Apparel yet, then you can use our promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, get 15% off your first order. Of course, that is NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, 15% off your first order. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you have ever seen or worn today. Season is finally here, Big 12 fans. And for your home for men's and women's basketball, come to Midwest Madness. We are doing game coverages, going over game analysis, different rankings of teams, and consistently looking at the best matchups in the conference. You're not going to want to miss out on all the amazing basketball coverage we have. So go check out Midwest Madness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Jamie? Yes. You and me, we're going to talk some hoops. Big 12 hoops. I said it on Twitter, and I will say it again. Saturday showed that the Big 12 is the deepest and the best men's basketball conference that there is, hands down. And that is not a slide at the women's. We're going to talk about women's in just a second. But the men's side was utter entertainment, depth, and insanity. Texas, number 14 Texas, goes on their road to Oklahoma State, only puts up 51 points, and loses to the Cowboys who now get their eighth win and get eight and five. Yeah. Uh, TCU gives Baylor everything they can handle for the first half, and then Baylor pulls away and goes on the road and beats TCU on the road. Kansas goes on the road to Texas Tech. Texas Tech gets the 75-67 to win. Iowa State goes to Oklahoma, loses 79-66. to And West Virginia comes back from 13 down to beat Kansas State at home, 71-68. to Folks, that's, a, that's, 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 that's insane. That is how good the Big 12 is. That is how hard it's going to be to win in the Big 12 this year. This is why, like, my only concern with the Big 12 at this point is you might not get, like, two one seeds or two two seeds that you deserve because everyone's so beat up from having to play in this conference, which is ridiculous. It's it's honestly unreal. I watched so much basketball on Saturday. I watched, like, yeah as many games as I possibly could of both the men's and women's. There was nine games on TV. Man, I watched parts of uh, really most of those nine. I watched all of the Iowa State games. I watched Oh yeah, I watched a lot of basketball this weekend. So forgive me for <laughs> for taking a moment to be able to speak. Um, Process all that. But it was man, what a oh gosh, what a weekend for basketball. Yeah, I mean the thing with frankly with both sides right now is that you can't really be surprised by any results because the conferences are just in such good positions and. It almost gets kind of dangerous, exactly like you said, for the people who feel like, oh, we should be at the top, but you can't, you don't get a break, you don't get a night off, like there's really nothing that you chalk up to a win, whether you have an off game or not, and so they they really may bang up on each other to their detriment, but it's to our benefit, at least, because it's really entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's hit a couple of, of thoughts I had on some of the games from Saturday on the men's side, then we'll hop to the women's side. Um, okay, OSU Texas, because I watched most of that game. Um, you know, that was two teams who play good defense and don't play great offense. And props to Oklahoma State for finally for actually hitting some shots. But watching that game, if Oklahoma State was able to hit water from a boat in the middle of the ocean, that they would have won by a lot more because they missed so many open shots. Avery Anderson got to the basket, drove straight to it three times, not a defender to touch him, and missed and eat like just missed. Just flat missed. Like that's that's how bad the offense is for Oklahoma State. And yet they held Texas to 51. OSU wins by, you know, they, they pull away late. There was a three with about a minute something to go that just kind of mm-hmm. they gave them an 11-point lead and that game was over. 
I have been a little mm, on Texas, and we make some jokes about their their schedule. Um, Shouts to JG Trends on Twitter. They've been putting out some really cool graphics and graphs. Um, they pulled Kim Palm top 60 teams for this year and looked at their strength of schedule. Good opponent defenses, good opponent offenses, measured it all out. So top right's really good. There's a lot of Big 12 up in the upper, like the middle to the upper right. Iowa State's a little down, bottom left corner. And I'll, we've tweeted this. I'll, if you want it, I'll, I'll send it to you. Just hit us up on Twitter at 1012 Network, and I'll give it to you. But guess who's in the bottom left corner? Guess what two teams are in the bottom left corner by a lot? They would be the teams that Chris Beard set the schedule for this year. And Chris Beard, I assume, set the schedule for last year before he left to take over his current team. Or Mark Adams still subscribes to the Chris Beard philosophy of non-conference scheduling because guess what? It's Texas Tech at Texas down in the bottom left. Um, I think Texas is good. But they've built themselves up on a non-conference schedule that's eh, not great. And we made jokes about it. He was out there. I don't remember. Insert Houston Baptist school... That he's like, yeah, there's the get out here for this great game. And you know what? They started Big 12, play well, but they played two teams coming off of COVID. Shouts to our friend Brian Ralph at Heat Check College Basketball at BRalph33. Longhorns are now 1 3 against Kim Palm top 55 opponents this year. Chris Beard was just 10 and 21 in such games in his last two seasons at Texas Tech. So between the the last two seasons at Tech, and halfway through year one at Texas, Chris Beard is 11 and 24 against Ken Palm top 55 opponents. Not great. Not, not great. It is something to keep an eye on moving forward. It is something to keep an eye on moving forward for Texas. I do think this is a good Texas team. The talent is absolutely there. The players are there. Can they put it all together moving forward? I don't, I know this sounds like I'm like overreacting to one game, yeah. but. It's more extrapolating something you were already thinking of and having numbers to back it up. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, it was was the first time I really sat down and watched a lot, like a full Texas game. Like I've watched Texas, but not a full game. Um, You want to talk a little Iowa State? Do you want to vent or should I vent for you? Look, it's frustrating. Like (laughs) there were parts of that game that were truly unpleasant to watch however i will say that what i really appreciate about iowa state this year has been that even if everything else is going wrong they do not look like they give up and so Mm -hmm. when you're out there still fighting at the end of the game i have a hard time really getting too worked up. And I'm not going to have a single negative thing to say for people who are really disappointed in that showing. Like, that's valid. You know, you can have high expectations. I think we all want to have really high expectations. But this is the way it's going to be in the conference for everyone. And so I have a hard time being, like, too devastated. There's a lot of things that need to get better and if those things don't get better and they become significant overarching issues and if you know we're given we're starting to give up 80 points a game regularly that's when you're like okay you know there's there's some things that definitely need to be worked on here but for me as long as the effort is still there as long as they are growing from game to game i'm just really not going to be too torn up but again, that's that's more personal. That's not to put that on anyone else who wants to feel whatever kind of way about those kind of games because I get it. I wanted to say Iowa State was real after they beat some of the teams in their non-conference slate that I was like, we'll know who they are here. And they deserve full credit for going undefeated thus far in non-conference, obviously of the SEC game at the end of January. But I am a little concerned because the offense so far since they've entered Big 12 play has not been great they hit one three against baylor you won with 51 51 points against texas tech and then the offense kind of lost itself against oklahoma on the road i have again we we knew that no offense the the iowa state that went undefeated in non-conference to start the year 
was not something that it felt like was really going to continue through Big 12 play. Like This was not a team who was going to go undefeated the rest of the way. But you still went undefeated just to start the year for a very large stretch until you start a conference play. But I, I have some real concerns of playing night in, night out against Big 12 competition is not the same as a couple of really, really good opponents mixed in with a whole bunch of not great opponents. Um, I have my net ranking uh, resumes that I put together, and I've been trying to update those so they'll be ready to go Monday. Iowa State has played six quad one opponents. That's awesome. Uh, they're four and two against those teams. They've got one quad two win and six quad four wins. That's the resume. So you got, it's it's a really unbalanced schedule there of six really good games and six really bad ones. And then one quad two against a Memphis team that looked good, but still pretty good. Um, uh, now, let me counter all of this by saying, I don't, I think fans over complain about free throw discrepancies and free throws when it comes to games, right? We all get mad because so-and-so got to shoot. Look, and don't get me wrong. I've been plenty of times that I've had to watch Oklahoma state go to Kansas and Kansas wins by three when they got 65 free throw attempts and you got 30. Okay. Which is also a very big 12 game, depending upon the crew you got. That said, Oklahoma hit 14 of their 17 free throw attempts. Iowa state got one free throw attempt in the game. It did not come until there was a minute 14 left in the game. Iowa State got one free throw attempt with a minute 14 left in the game, and that's the only free throw they shot the entire game. This is a very good defensive conference. OU is playing very good basketball, and they were at home. But what the... No. Like, that is not possible. No, the the idea that OU just no they just didn't they just didn't foul them when they were trying to take a shot they didn't, like the foul count's not insane Iowa State had seventeen Oklahoma had eleven eleven fouls okay <laughs> like <laughs> really ah uh, okay all right refs I I certainly hope you're having a video review of your process on Saturday because that's that's not real like that's not real. That's not a real thing. That's not a thing that actually happens in basketball. That you only get... Okay. But, look, you gave up 17 points in the second half. OU won by 16. They shot 16 more free throws. And I just, you know, it... It's not great. Boggles and baffles the mind. No, it's not. It boggles the mind, though. Absolutely boggles the mind. I don't know. I don't I just enjoy saying the word boggle. It's a fun word to say. If you're just having a really bad day, just say boggle and you'll feel like an idiot, but you'll stop being angry. Well, and I was <laughs> I was impressed by like Iowa State continuing to attack the hoop, continuing to penetrate and finish around the rim. You know, that's a really frustrating situation to be in, but I felt like they played with a good composure given what they were dealing with. And so again, you know, you can't control what's being called out there. You really can't. You cannot. And so for me, as someone who's looked at things from really like the coaching perspective for so long that's what i appreciate seeing is the effort is the composure you know what i appreciate about you um okay texas tech 75 kansas 67 number six kansas goes on the road to face a texas tech team that does not have two of their better players due to stuff i can't remember what's covid and what's not covid right now so they had two guys who didn't get to play in the game. Um, the guy I know some Kansas fans are complaining about some things. I I I'd say this very tongue in cheek, like y'all, Kansas fans, like in basketball, men's basketball, you know, y'all, you going to gripe when thing the whistle doesn't go your way. Anyways, um, that is an impressive win, and I would say. The Mark Adams hire or promotion thus far has been really good for Texas Tech. I mean, 11 and 3, you get this really good win at home over Kansas. It's working out. And and I could argue, I mean, again, their non conference schedule, not great, but they've been pretty good. The Iowa State game, lose by four on the road after a COVID break. Like, I. I am very intrigued by this Texas Tech team moving forward. Jamie just nods in agreement. That's cool. I didn't get to watch that one. 
I watched some of it. I I I got my like, hey kids, leave me alone so I can watch Daddy can watch the end of this OSU Texas game, and it was like, okay, now we can run and play slide and King of the Mountain. I the watched <laughs> I watched almost all of all four women's games, and so the men's games got kind of slotted in around them. All right. Well, you know what? In that case, uh, go to symbol.com, S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com, who's been a sponsor with this all football season, which is basically over. Like, I know there's still a game, which is going to be on a Monday, which is the dumbest thing in the... Let's put it on a Monday night. (laughs) Okay. What is with the NCAA and Monday night national championships? You know what night of the week I really don't have the time to sit and watch a sporting event that I'd like to watch? Or the inclination, frankly. (laughs) Like, Monday night. Ooh. Cool, 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 uh, <laughs> uh, Symbol.com. Uh, no, I just lost my train of thought. It's very me. And I'm getting choked up. I don't have a drink. Uh, stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks. Every time your team wins, you earn cash. Obviously, college football season is over. But there's no reason not to go out and buy some stocks now. Baylor's shares price is actually dropping. And if you think Baylor's going to do well this year, you're bringing back... At least four of their five starting offensive linemen and both their two best starting, like first and second string quarterback, you might want to invest in Baylor. Or maybe you'd like to buy a share of your team, whose price is probably dropping as people move their money into other sports. I swear I'm trying to catch my breath. This is really embarrassing. Uh, NBA, NHL going on. They've got those. They've got NFL if you'd like to hop in before the playoffs. I mean, you can. Why not? It's the thing to do. Now is the perfect time to try out Symbol. I'm trying not to cough again. This is really not a good ad read. Uh, right now, when you use the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, when you put in your initial deposit, you'll be signed up for a money-back guarantee. So, all listen to this show. If you lose money or just change your mind in the first 90 days and don't want to take part anymore, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. That's right. Initial deposit up to $500 money back guarantee for the first 90 days. So go to symbol.com, use the promo code network 12, your deposit gets a money back guarantee. Join symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams today. Hey there, 1012 Network listeners. This is Dustin from the Scott Nolan Podcast, the original Houston Cougar athletics podcast, and the latest member of the 1012 Network. Uh, my co-host, Sam, do you want to tell the fine folks what the Scott Nolan Podcast is all about? I sure do. We come on here at least once a week and we talk all things going on in the world of Houston Cougar sports. Plus, we usually find time for some of what's going on in our future conference, our current conference, and really the college sports world at large. We're not just a football, men's basketball podcast. We really pride ourselves here on the fact that every single team that wears the Scarlet and Albino in Houston and their jerseys gets time on our show. Plus, from time to time, we bring on some guests ranging from opposing team experts to even former Olympic great Carl Lewis. So be sure to search the Scott and Holman podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, we spell podcast P-A-W-D cast because we are oh so funny like that. Okay, now I feel better. <laughs> it was like there was like something in my throat. It was a scratchy tickle. It was really unpleasant. Uh, it's gone now. Okay. Um, women's side. Iowa State. 78. TCU 47. Look, I, we've said TCU's not really all that great this year, but that was a dominant win look i'm gonna tell you this right now with these teams that have a specific player that they rely on heavily with tco it's lauren hurd if you're looking at oklahoma they have two they've got both maddie williams and taylor robertson but robertson has the ability to shoot a bunch of threes you got oklahoma state has vivian great with those teams those teams are going to struggle against Iowa State. Wait, wait. Oklahoma State has who? Excuse me. <laughs> we were talking about this. Texas Tech has Vivian Gray. <laughs> there you go. I reverted a couple seasons back. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you caught that. I didn't want to get roasted for that. Um, but Iowa State is going to throw Lexi Donarski on them. And 95% of the time, they're going to score... A third, maybe a quarter of the points they average. Like, that's what you do. And Iowa State as a whole is a great defensive team, but it's spearheaded by one person who has decided 
that she really likes defense. And God bless her for it, because that opinion is not shared by many. <laughs> but you look at the numbers from, o from Iowa State, Oklahoma earlier in the week. I mean, Robertson got off six threes. That's unreal. And one of them was because Emily Ryan switched on to her. <laughs> the numbers are insane. Like, I was looking at past defensive players of the year, and it's almost always a post, sometimes a point guard. She doesn't get a lot of steals. She doesn't get a lot of blocks. So people aren't probably going to give her the recognition she deserves. But what she's doing is unreal. It's crazy. There you go. Uh, Oklahoma 82, Kansas 68. Kansas pretty solid this year. Had a nice first quarter. Um, Oklahoma just just better. Uh, and when you've got two players, you know, as you mentioned, it, it really helps. Um, and, and OU does. They've got mm -hmm. two girls that they can go to. Like, if you got one, you're like, well, we hope they do a really great job. Uh, Robinson went off well, at 24. Yeah. It's their first game in the Big 12 season. Like, that's kind of a rough one to start with. I was really impressed with the way they started off the game. They faltered some down the stretch. I mean, they lost it mostly because of the second and third quarters and then just couldn't play any defense in the fourth. But that's, you're playing from behind. That kind of is what happens. Yeah. But to start off and score 26 in the first quarter is really, really impressive for not having played as long as they had. Uh, I will not be petty. But uh, OSU 57, uh, Texas Tech uh, 55. You got the petty out beforehand. Uh, aforementioned, uh, not Oklahoma State player. Uh, <laughs> nine points on four or five, 15 shooting. Uh, Kansas State 71, West Virginia 61. Mm -hmm. I, we talked a bit about Kansas State last week. I, I watched a little bit of this one. I like Kansas State. There, well, and... The important thing to note is that this is West Virginia that does have Esmeri Martinez and Kari Nyblak back in some capacity. Nyblak didn't start. They didn't play probably as many minutes as they usually would. But for a team that runs through their five-man like K-State, you looked at that as, wow, if, K if West Virginia doesn't have those two players back, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. But they did have them both back. Again, not full run, but... She was, she was pretty good. K-State's pretty good. She's got a, Aoka Lee has a good supporting cast around her. I've obviously been following that pretty closely. I watched a lot of that game because that's Tuesday is for the lead in the conference. Just like we all drew it up, Iowa State and Kansas State. <laughs> oh, ooh, I'm up. Uh, both I did like undefeated. Their... I did like the reverse here. Uh, Kansas State men go on the road to West Virginia, uh, build a big lead, and then West Virginia is able to come back and win. Mm. Uh, on the women's side, West Virginia builds up a seven-point halftime lead, but then Kansas State turns things around the second half and gets the 10-point win. Man, so, Morgantown's a tough place to play, too. That place is just yes. a weird, weird gym, weird environment. It was one of the most bizarre places I visited, which – might be surpassed by Gallagher Iba when I'm there this weekend from what I've heard, just as far as weird places to play. Just have you not, weird have feels, you never been to, weird to GIA? Nope, never. Oh. I'm completing my tour this year. Um, but I mean, growing up, I didn't travel that much down south. And then I only called one season traveling before last year. And, like, I was just getting worked into the rotation. They didn't know if they'd like me. So I only did a handful <laughs> of games. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so I've right, got... Jenny. Yeah. Is that, was that your big tease? Was that your big tease? Your, uh... Uh, my big tease is how excited I am for K-State, Iowa State. Yes. Yeah. Like, a lot of people preseason would have been pointing at the game that was canceled today, which was scheduled to be Texas and Baylor, which we were all robbed because they both would have been coming off of losses. Can you imagine those two teams playing Ooh. each other, both coming off of losses? Mm. Oh my gosh. Talk about like knockdown drag out, but uh, alas, we were denied. Um, <laughs> I discovered way too late that Texas tracked down a 
in-state game so that they wouldn't go a weekend without playing, which props to them. They just thumped University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. So RGV. Really a big one there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so many people were looking at that one preseason like, oh, yes, that's it. And Iowa State was in the conversation, but K-State was not in the conversation to be playing at the level that they are right now. So I'm I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Like I fly out tomorrow afternoon and I'm just gonna be like a bundle of nerves the entire time. Obviously I don't have any impact on the game. I'm just there, but I still get nervous. I'm very excited. It's gonna be such a good game. <sighs> Here's hoping that Kansas State is actually ranked when these two meet up. I would point out that they are currently thirteenth in they the will net. Be. They're 13th in the net, and they're unranked. They'll they'll jump into the rankings. Actually, quite a few at the bottom lost, so they should jump in pretty easily. Good. We got a ranked-on-ranked matchup on ESPN+. Plus. Okay. Uh, Tuesday night at 6.30, in case you guys are curious about that. So that would be Jamie's uh, game to keep an eye on this weekend, and I don't care if it is your team. It's fine. Uh, a couple <laughs> other ones of note on the women's side. Wednesday night, you get Baylor at Oklahoma at 6 Theoretically. PM. Theoretic, yeah. Uh, thanks, COVID. We need that um, confirmed, but we haven't heard anything today, and they've usually been canceling them like two to three days out. So if by the end of tomorrow, which is Monday, Monday, if by the end of the day it's still scheduled, I think it's probably a decent bet. Yeah. Um, we have Kansas-Texas game there. That might be interesting. Uh, following weekend in the Big 12, obviously you get to go to, to GIA, Gallagher-Iva, uh, we get uh, West Virginia, Texas could be interesting. Kansas State going to Texas Tech. Um, What's going to be also Baylor, interesting Kansas. is how many games Kansas is playing because they're already throwing games in there so that they're not having to make everything up at the end of the year. And so they're, they're actually playing Monday, Wednesday, and then sunday and then the following wednesday like they and they also played this past saturday like they've got saturday monday wednesday boom 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 which is crazy speaking of teams that have to play three games this week uh <clears throat> oklahoma state and texas tech will play tuesday well okay oklahoma state goes to and here let me read you their schedule so you know how insane this is going to be osu goes to west virginia on tuesday goes to texas tech on thursday and goes to Baylor on Saturday. So go ahead and just jack up an 0-3 week for the Cowboys there. Uh, and I I don't mean that to be negative. I'm just like That's just a what? long week. Yeah. That's all. And you start at what you start at West Virginia. It's not like you like, okay, well, we started Oklahoma and then we start you start at West Virginia, then you have to go to the two Texas teams that are really good. And and everybody plays great defense, so have on that. Texas Tech starts at Baylor on Tuesday. Then they get to host Oklahoma State on Thursday, and then they go to Kansas State on Saturday. So at least they have a home game there in the middle, whereas OSU has to go on the road for three straight games in a week. I've, I do not envy either of those teams. This could be a rough week for both of those because um, that's tough. I mean, that it's because they're, they were supposed to open the season against each other. That game is now on Thursday. That game was postponed because of COVID problems. Thanks, COVID. I just, ugh. What a, like, I get you want to get it out of the way, but, like, what a horrible spot for Oklahoma State to have to go three road games in one week, kicking things off in Morgantown. I mean, and that's just a tough travel week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if I Saturday, just, like, yeah, I'll probably watch Tuesday. I might watch Thursday. I don't, I don't, I don't need to watch OSU go to Baylor on their third game and what, five, one, two, three, five ga- days? Nah, nah, I'm good. That's at 4 p.m. I can go to something else. Uh, I'm sorry, boys. I, I love you, but woof. Uh, speaking of interesting games this week as well, I'm inside Texas Tech, like I mentioned, at Baylor on Tuesday. That one should be interesting. I'm very intrigued by that. Iowa State at Kansas on Tuesday. That one is fun. Look at that Tuesday. OSU at West Virginia, Texas Tech at Baylor, Iowa State at Kansas, and Oklahoma at Texas. Man, Tuesday We've night. we got some really good slates. Well, it, it, it helps mm. that so many teams feel like good matchups. Like, there's just 
fewer yes. bad matchups to even have on both sides. And so that's what's kind of fun. But especially that men's slate is a really good one. And then Saturday, if you get Texas Tech, well, let's see, uh, West Virginia at Kansas on Saturday, Texas at Iowa State. Ooh, ooh, that one will be uh, that one will be fun. One o'clock, ESPN Plus. <sighs> All right, let me just let me. Let me, let me. Um, OSU Baylor is at four o'clock on ESPN. Look, I, that's not going to be a good game. It's going to be a blowout. I, 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 I just, you want to go? How could you? The third game in five days. It's going to be a blowout. Um, it's not like go good. ahead and old takes expose you on that one. If that's you fine. End up being you know wrong. what? <laughs> OSU, OSU goes on, goes to Waco and wins that game. I am happy to be wrong. Okay, happy to be. But like that's on ESPN. Um, OU at TCU, three o'clock ESPN two. But like ranked Texas at ranked Iowa State at one p.m. on ESPN plus. What? They said them before the season. No, nah, that's true because nobody, nobody thought I was able to. That's why. Still, you can adjust those things. It's smart. in theory, they don't. They're lazy. They don't. Oh, they're so lazy. I mean, hey, hope you got your ESPN Plus subscription because it's worth it for that one on Saturday. That's mm, put that one on. Like it Watch makes it accessible for some people. Like it, it, it is really accessible for people, but people would much rather complain about having to subscribe to a streaming service. Like Oh no no. I like having ESPN Plus. It's I just No, I know. <laughs> it's more like a hey I just like, always find I, it. I get how you want to do the Big Twelve a disservice in football, but it is the best men's basketball conference. You could at least make sure you treat your valuable asset like it is one. Yeah. It's I mean I won't even get into the fact that the women don't have a televised game until the 22nd of January right now. Everything's on either ESPN Plus or, I mean, technically Bally Sports is like televised, oh. but no one gets that. But Ooh. there's Ooh. been progress made, but the way the Big 12 is this year, like it's kind of nasty to not have anything until Baylor and Kansas State on January 22nd and put them on ESPNU. Like, there's got to be some pickups in there somewhere. That's on the Big 12. Like, that's on, to some extent, that's on the Big 12. And it's time for them to be like, hey, you know what? I don't know. You've got a good women's. Or excuse me. It's Oklahoma, K-State that's on ESPNU. And then the next day, Iowa State, Baylor is on ESPN2. Yeah, I mean, we know now that that's going to be probably a pretty good game, but that's a weird one to pick. I guess Baylor, Texas was probably scheduled for TV, but I'm just like, I don't know, whatever. I'm just ranting about things that I don't have much to say about besides that I think it's stupid. At least I did watch a women's basketball game on the main ESPN today. That's something. There you go. As long as it's on. Hey, you know what? You know what's really exciting? Uh, you like this if you haven't seen it. Uh, you saw that it's now called March it's, Madness. It's now March Madness, and it's called March Madness. March Madness now called men's basketball. March Madness, March Madness women's, women's basketball. basketball. Also, it's the men's college world series and the women's college world series. I have okay. The, I'm gonna make this quick, but. I have some kind of research to do, which is literally just like a few minutes of writing things down, which is the way that schools name their social media accounts, because some of them just call it like the sport. Like some of them, they're just both basketball in because you have the name and then you have the handle. Right. Mm -hmm. So some of them would be like, I don't know if this is the case, so don't quote me, but it could be like. Oklahoma basketball for both of them. And one would be like Oklahoma WBB and Oklahoma MBB. Sometimes they say the gender in the heading. So I don't know. I think it's really interesting. And I think it ties really strongly into how well the respective teams have done. Because it affects how they come up in search results. And so I think that teams where either the women's team has been better or they're both pretty equal in bad or good generally tend to be titled like the same way. 
But maybe that's just me nerding out over something that probably no one else has ever noticed or cared about. But since I'm on Twitter so much looking for usually injury news, I notice these things. And I think it's very interesting. Though, to be fair, when I was in college, I did do like psych and social research and did coding related to things like that. So that's really probably just me. I do think that to some extent that had to do with what your like school nickname is. Like you they're not the lady Sooners, they're just the Sooners. Right. Yeah. Whereas OSU is the cowgirl. So all of their stuff is OSU cowgirl tennis, OSU cowgirl soccer, OSU cowgirl. Like I don't basketball. assume that like it's a slight on anyone to have it titled differently, but I think it's really interesting like how specific it is that some places it's literally the exact same some places it's different where like they clearly just have different social media managers for the different teams i don't know i'm kind of i would be curious if there if you can find an actual correlation there i'm sure there's some people right now like can we guys you're talking about this (laughs) yeah i've went on weirder deeper dives if i'm being honest chicks rule okay chicks rule Does that help? Help all, all of you? Okay. Uh, this feels like a good place to uh, to bounce off from here. Uh, make sure you are subscribed so you do not miss our show or any of the shows in the network. You can find them all at 1012network.com. Actually, I'm going to Google right. I'm going to check it right now. Has Chris done his job? Chris has not done his job. You can find six of the 10 shows. The other... Oh, I'm going to go text Chris again because he told me he was going to do it. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we got 10 shows. They're all absolutely amazing. Make sure you're subscribed to every single one of them. Uh, follow us on Twitter at 1012 network T E in the number 12, the word network. Follow us on Instagram at 1012 pod. Yes. I've been posting stuff to the Instagram account. It is only on the Instagram account. So if you want to see that stuff, like our, uh, all big 12 bowl team, you can go check it out and be like, how could you forget? So-and-so he was amazing in the bowl game. Go ahead. Let me know why I'm wrong. Uh, check out all our sponsors. Follow Jamie at jsteyz, J-S-T-E-Y-Z on Twitter. I remember now, it just took me a minute. Holidays, there was, you know, children chased, alcohol consumed, Christmas lights looked at, you know. Flashing lights and booze, it's not a good combination. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm about to go pass out. Jamie, as always, Andy should be back next week. We'll be back on Thursday. I have no idea what with. We'll figure it out then. We'll talk to you then. Podcast Network.